This episode of Revision Path is brought to you by Facebook Design. Facebook Design invests in building and teaching designers using the best tools for the job. I asked product designer Gabriel Valdivia what he's learned about design since working at Facebook. It's almost scientific how we approach problems here. Uh, you know, we focus on people problems and we come up with hypotheses to solve that problem and iterate until uh, we validate those assumptions and then, you know, rinse and repeat. Learn more at facebook.com forward slash design. Are you looking for a job? Do you know someone who's looking for a job? Then check out our job board over at revisionpath.com forward slash jobs. Whether you want a full-time job or you're looking for something temporary or freelance, we've got you covered. This week, Prairie View A&M University is looking for an adjunct assistant professor for their art department. Facebook is looking for a research program manager as well as a UX researcher. Society of Grownups is looking for a product designer in Boston and Mapbox is looking for a map designer. We also have job listings from Indeed.com, so head to the Revision Path job board at revisionpath.com forward slash jobs to apply and to search for any other listings. Don't forget to sign up for weekly job alerts, so when there are new positions added to the job board, you'll get an email so you can be the first to apply. And if you're looking for more jobs, then become a member of our Slack community and join the jobs channel. See you there. You're listening to the Revision Path Podcast, a weekly showcase of the world's black graphic designers, web designers, and web developers. Through in-depth interviews, you'll learn about their work, their goals, and what inspires them as creative individuals. Here's your host, Maurice Cherry. Welcome to the Revision Path Podcast. My name is Maurice Cherry, and before we get into this week's interview, let's talk about our sponsors, MailChimp and Hover. More than 10 million businesses around the world use MailChimp to send email newsletters. No other email service provider is better when it comes to functionality as well as customer service. Sign up for a free account today at MailChimp.com. When you have a great idea, you want to secure a great domain name for it, and that's where Hover comes in. Hover makes it super easy for you to find that domain name that you're looking for and get it up and running with no hassle and no heavy-handed upselling. So go ahead and grab yourself a domain today and use the promo code REVISIONPATH and save 10% off your purchase. We've got a new iTunes review here. This comes from Nicole Holland from the BBR Show. It's at bbrshow.com. It's titled, Wow, What a Creative and Empowering Podcast. Not to mention high energy and really collaborative is how she starts it off. I really enjoyed listening to episode 130. Even from the start, Maurice is so engaging in how he presents his sponsors and updates, and I was drawn in, hanging on every word. It was really nice to hear one of Maurice's fans turn the tables and interview him. Really cool story. Top-notch show. Thanks again so much, Nicole, for leaving that review. I love getting these reviews on iTunes, so if you really like the show, if you've gotten any sort of value from it, I would highly, highly recommend that you leave us a glowing five-star review on iTunes. It'll be really cool. All right, here's our Patreon fundraising campaign update, because I haven't really given an update, I guess, in a few weeks now. Uh, We're holding steady at 37 patrons for a total of $271 a month. Now, that's the highest amount that we've had to date, so thanks to all of you who have pledged your support and your appreciation for the show. It really, truly means a lot. 
If you enjoy what we're doing here at Revision Path, if you enjoy the guests that we have on the show, or you've gotten any value from listening, please consider becoming a patron. You'll get access to some great perks like early access to future episodes, free Revision Path goodies, lots of cool stuff. So just head on over to patreon.com forward slash Revision Path and make that happen. Pledge levels start at just $1 per month, and it's a really great and affordable way to support the show on a regular basis. Now let's go to this week's interview. So this month, we're taking a stroll down memory lane. Uh, we're looking back at some of the first designers that Revision Path has interviewed since before we started the podcast. So this is like 2013, maybe early 2014. We're kicking things off with Dewan Hall, webmaster for Mississippi Valley State University. Let's start the show. All right. So tell us who you are and what you do. I am Dewan Hall. I am the webmaster web administrator for Mississippi Valley State University in the great city of Itabina, Mississippi. Talk to me about the work that you're doing at Mississippi Valley State. Well, what I do is I mainly administer and make sure the university website is up to date. Right now, we're actually in the process of launching a brand new website. Woohoo! So okay. working with uh, this company to make sure everything is up to par. So mainly that's what I do, but I also think about different ways to streamline departments, online presence, and other things relating to the website, intranets, or other smart ways to add content to the website. Now, Mississippi Valley State University is an HBCU. It's one of, I think, a few HBCUs that are in Mississippi I'm really interested kind of in what the design process is like at an HBCU when it comes to their web presence. And the reason I'm asking this is I've spent a lot of time looking at HBCU websites. They're not the best from like a design standpoint or even from like a user interface standpoint. And I'm sure there are many factors that might go into that in terms of funding and staffing and stuff like that. But what is like your design process and things when you're working on the site? Well, actually... When I came on to Valley State, I came on kind of at the tail end of the building of the website. It was already okay. built by the company. And so when I came on, I'm really just going through and tweaking things and making sure things are working correctly. But the website itself, the design looks pretty good. I must say it looks pretty good. There are some things regarding the links that we need to correct. But I mean, nothing more than some tweaking with the website. The process actually is me going in and working with the web company to make sure that everything is functional on the website because we have a lot of information from the different departments and different schools that need to be updated, needs to be correct, needs to be precise. You know, so the process itself is really not hard right now. It's more tedious than hard, just making sure everything is, is up to snuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah, because there's so many different moving parts, there's academics, there's admissions, there's departments, you know, there's a lot of stuff that has to go on. I mean, with, with doing that, is this kind of your first experience working with the institution of higher education it, when it comes to design? It is. It is. What we do is most of the graphic design work comes from the communications and marketing department. And actually, Dartelia Winford, I think you interviewed him maybe a few months ago, maybe last year sometime. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, that was a while right. ago. <laughs> yeah, that was a while ago. He is a really good designer who worked for Valley for some time. And so the communications and marketing department does most of the graphic work. 
when they send it to me and I upload it to the website. So I'm mainly 100% web maintenance, webmaster, web administrator. So I don't do a lot of design work, ironically, but I came from a position where I did a lot of design work. So it definitely is a change for me, but it's a good change. It, it, it's a good change. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's good that you have that background. So even if something does come up where maybe you need to pop into Photoshop and change something, or you need to write a quick piece of code to fix something, you can do that. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't necessarily have to go back and forth to the to the communications department. Right, right. And that, that's the great thing about it. If I need any graphics, like if they're swamped and they're like the one, hey, man, we can't do this, you know, then I can do it. But what I do is after I design a piece, a print piece or something for the web, I do send it to communications and marketing to make sure the branding is up to par, make sure we got the colors right, uh, make sure the copy is right. Just make sure everything is is correct before I put it on the website. So I do still have to go through the proper channels before I upload any type of graphics or branding mm-hmm. to the website. But that's great to to have a you know degree in graphic arts or graphic design because I can go through and if I need to design something, I can do it. So that that's the big yeah. plus. So before you said that you you have this this background where you've worked a lot like strictly in design. And I know that when we first did our interview, which was almost three years ago to the day, you were working for Shamoon Advertising and Marketing. Yes, I was. Tell me about your, your time there. It was a great time. It was a small agency, but I learned a vast amount of stuff from the process of uh, dealing with clients and talking with clients to doing branding projects from start to finish, uh, having the experience of working on commercial shoots, commercial sets, creative brainstorming. I've learned a whole lot. I think the most important thing I learned is work ethic and how mm-hmm. to deal with the fluctuation in the process. You know, some days it's slow. Some days it's hectic. Some days it's pretty mellow. But my experience there, it, it was a great experience because I was there for like 10 years. So I've grown, wow. yeah, I've I've grown a lot, you know, working at Shamoon. So I really appreciate the time there. I mean, it really groomed me for the job I'm at now. I have to say that, you know, working for Shamoon really, really opened my eyes to a lot of things. You know, the processes, dealing with you know different people, traffic managers, and making sure you prove commercials. It was a great experience. So. Working as webmaster now at Mississippi Valley State, it it really has prepared me for that. You know, being there for 10 years, it definitely prepared me. If if, if that didn't prepare me, then I don't know what will. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I have to say, when I think about the industry, even from, from now to 10 years ago, being able to still be in the same place and to really grow as a designer is such a luxury because this industry changes so fast. Titles change. Businesses change. So really to kind of still be in that same spot and really grow and cultivate your craft, you know, that's a really powerful thing. It is. The challenge growing in a small town or rural area is making sure that you're in touch or connected with people who are constantly growing. I know for one, the Slack group that I'm in with you guys, that has really taught me a lot, believe it or not. Really? Yes, it has. You know, dealing with UX and UI and the tech portion of websites and all of the things you guys talk about, it really keeps me connected to the change in technologies regarding websites. 
Mm-hmm. And so that helps a whole lot, believe it or not. So I appreciate that, that that Slack group that you started. Sometimes it could be a challenge because we don't have access to like conferences. Like you live in Atlanta, yeah. right? So they just had yeah. the How Design Conference. And mm-hmm. so it's easy to go because you're right there. For somebody like me, I have to really plan it out and schedule it. And it's not anything hard to do. It's just that it's so much easier when you live in a bigger city. Because you yeah. can, if, if there's a design conference there, you can just hop out of your bed, wash your face, brush your teeth, and, you know, head to wherever it's happening. For me, it's different because I'm two hours away from Jackson, Mississippi, and I'm two and a half hours away from Memphis, Tennessee, which are the two major metropolitan areas that are close to us. So mm-hmm. imagine that. Whenever I get ready to go to a conference, I have to really prepare to go. You know, I yeah. just can't hop up and go, have a good time, and then come back home. You know, I really have to plan for it. So that is a challenge regarding trying to keep up with technologies, keep up with, you know, the different changes in design, going to hear speakers that you want to hear. So it's a challenge, but I mean, it's not an excuse. You know, it's not an excuse for me to get out and really attend those conferences because they make a difference. And as we know, networking with different people, people in your field, people out of your field is a great thing because it grows you, right? Yeah. And so, you know, living in a rural area, it, it makes it tough to do that often. I wish I could do it really often, but it's hard because I have to really plan it out. You know, it takes money. Yeah. You know, I have to drive two hours or two and a half mm-hmm. hours each way as opposed to maybe 30 minutes. You know, you right. think of, you look at that as a small thing, but it really is a big thing. <laughs> you know, it really is a big thing when you're talking about finances and preparing and hotel stays and thing, things of that nature. Yeah. But it's really been a blessing that I've been able to grow while living here. And I actually yeah. think it's a purpose for me being here. You know, I know people leave because of the brain drain and you go to larger cities for better opportunities. And it's great. You know, I'm not knocking it at all. But sometimes you have to find out what your purpose is. And when you find out what your purpose is, then maybe it's not meant for you to move. Maybe it's meant for you to make a difference in your you know, corner of the world. And so this is my corner. You know, in addition to other designers who live here, you know, so it's a challenge, but, you know, I welcome it and I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy doing great design work here. I've done great design work here. I've won the graphic design of the year twice here, you know, get some pretty good competition, you know. So growing here is a challenge, but I welcome it. You know, I enjoy it and I'm going to nurture that challenge. Now, you're in in Greenville, Mississippi. How big is Greenville? Greenville has about maybe now about 40,000 people or more. Okay. Yeah. So it's not small, small, but, you know, it's not big, big. It's actually a great place because you have Delta State, of course, and you have Valley State and you have um, art organizations here. You know, we have art galleries, the fine arts galleries, the showings. Mm -hmm. We have the added competition. For graphic designers, okay. yeah, you know, media personalities or media companies. So that's a big thing. You know, I get to see uh, other designers around the area who do great work, you know, students yeah. too, you know, students from Dutch State and students from Valley. So it's not to a point where there there's no design community here because there is. I think it just needs to be nurtured and developed, you know, like you have design communities in Memphis or Jackson that maybe get together, you know, and talk mm-hmm. over drinks or something like that. So it's just 
getting it together and probably building something here in this community for, you know, graphic designers and web designers. What do you think would help it improve? Really just connecting. Mm -hmm. I know graphic designers here and just sitting down with them and talking to, to them about doing something to maybe start a design community here, you know, nothing really structured per se, but just to let them know, hey, there are other designers in this area. You know, me and I think John McCall is actually a designer at uh, Mississippi Valley State, him and uh, John Cotton is a designer at Mississippi Valley State. I don't know any at Delta State. And there are a few uh, small freelance businesses here, you know, who have designers just connecting, I think, would change it. But it's just about doing it. You know, who's going to step up to the plate and say, "Okay, we got to get this done. And I actually think I'm the one to do it because I I have this domain name registered. And it's been going around in my head, around and around and around. Okay, where do I start? I think I talked to you once before about finding rural designers. And you told me, let you know when I do. Yeah. (laughs) And so I actually registered a domain called therealdesigner.com. And so I don't know what I'm going to do with that, but I just had it in my gut to register that domain. And so I'm thinking as I'm talking to you is to engage designers in this area and say, hey, mm-hmm. look, let's sit down and talk about starting a design community here or graphic designers and web designers, because we have every other, you know, designer, but that designer in this area, you know, fashion yeah. and you know, fine arts and all that stuff, but no graphic or web designer. So I think it's just a matter of connecting with designers in this area and just making it happen. That'll be a, an awesome idea. I mean, I'm from a small southern town, too. I'm from Selma, Alabama, which people know about historically. And of course, it's also had its turn, I think, in like national and worldwide pop culture with the movie, the Selma movie that came out. Mm-hmm. Selma's a small town. Selma's smaller than Greenville. Selma right now, I think, is about maybe 27,000. It might be even less than that. I want to say it's maybe around 20,000, actually. And it's not a big city. The city has kind of been on a continual decline. Just overall, there's, you know, corrupt politicians and not Mm. enough money and high unemployment, you know, all the things that kind of beset small southern towns like Uh that. And when I think about if there was a design community there, my God, I don't, I don't think there was. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I left when I was 18 to, to you know, move to Atlanta and go to school. Right. But even when I was there, like in high school, there were certainly very talented people. Like my brother is, my brother's four years older than me, and he is painter, sculptor, artist, like wow. extremely immense. Like that's where the artistic part comes from in my family. Like, it didn't come from me. I was, <laughs> you know what? The, did not come from the, me. the crazy thing is my, my older brother, he's an awesome illustrator. He could like uh-huh. really draw. And he's, he's like way better than me when it comes to illustrating. And yeah. so, I mean, I, I have artistic talent. I think it could actually comes from my mom because my mom is an excellent interior designer and I always asked them well, why you just didn't take advantage of you know interior design but you know they have their own reasons um but my brother was a great illustrator he was really mm-hmm. really good and so art was always in our family it was there but it was just a matter of taking advantage of it so I definitely agree with you 100 percent that the art comes from from the family you know it, yeah, it comes I mean- from the family Yeah, but I mean, speaking to what you were saying before about kind of those opportunities, like when I was in high school, 
I kind of knew what graphic design was, but really only because I was exposed to it through like I, I took like gifted classes and stuff. Right. So I was exposed to it through that where we actually had access to maybe like an Apple IIe computer mm -hmm. and we were learning basic. And so I could make little graphics and stuff. And so I knew that it was possible, but that was only because I had the access to it. Now, like the rest of my classmates that weren't in those classes, no idea. Right. There was nobody coming to speak to us on a career. We didn't even have a career day. You know, there was none of that. So in terms of like knowing about what those opportunities are, once you are really at that prime age to go out into the world and kind of stake your claim, it's easier to stay at home because that's what you know. Right. I agree. You don't know anything outside of that. I agree. Especially to your point of growing up in a small town, you know, yeah. growing up here and being two, four hours away uh, north or south of a major metropolitan area, you can miss a lot, man. Oh, you can miss a whole it. lot. It's a difference when you it. it's a difference when you live in a small area and you're maybe like thirty minutes away from a metropolitan area. You know, area where you can get more opportunity, where you can learn about graphic design or learn about things you want to know about. It makes a tremendous difference, man. And so, being in this unique spot in Mississippi makes it a challenge, but mm -hmm. it's a good challenge. And so. Going back to what I said, my purpose here is to make a difference with students who don't know about graphic design or web design and they want to know, you know, because they don't have the opportunities. Like you were saying, it's easy to just stay here and work yeah. or do yeah. nothing. You know, if you're, it's comfortable, it, it, it definitely is comfortable and it can be a trap. You know, to our young kids because they think, Ooh, well, say that. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a trap to our young kids because they don't know that there are other opportunities out there, especially yeah. in art, you know, in yeah. graphic design or web design. So this I don't I think I told you about the art organization I'm mentoring in. Yeah. 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 yeah that's why that is such a big deal with me. Because we have talk, talk to yeah, talk to us about that group. Okay, well, the art is acknowledging real talent. I mean, it was started by Shaquana Nolden, who is a, she actually has graduated now, but she was a senior when she came up with the idea. And she talked to Miss Ernestine Turnipseed, who is over the Floyd and Bessie Johnson Foundation. I love that name, by the way. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I always say, hey, Miss Turnipseed, how are you? <laughs> and she came to me and she asked me about being a mentor in that organization. And it was a guy saying to me, because I was actually thinking about how can I make a difference in young people's lives? And that was it, man. So I took it on, took it under my wing, and I branded it. You know, I did the logo. I did the website. I did a push card. Um, I did a little small business card for Shaquana, myself, um, Ms. Turnipseed, her husband, uh, Mr. Leo, and the other mentor, Corey Johnson. Yeah. And that was the start of something that really confirmed my purpose and why I'm still here, you know, because I could have left like years ago. But sometimes it's something that's in you that says, no, you know, don't don't go yet. You know, don't leave yet. And that that's a whole nother thing right there. You know, you're talking about those intrinsic and, you know, your mind telling you what will stay because this is your purpose. You know, you need to be here to make a difference. So yeah. that group really was a godsend. And so mentoring them, talking to them about design, 
it really does my heart great when our eyes like open, like, wow, you can do that or you can mm-hmm. do this. This is all you have to do. Showing them, OK, this is how you get in art school. This is what you need to do with your portfolio. This is what you need to do with your resume. Just those little things, man, makes a tremendous difference in their lives because now they see that they have somewhere that they can go. They have a goal that they can set. And the awesome thing is that Jacinda was one of our speakers for art. She Jacinda yeah, Walker. Jacinda Walker. Yeah, she did. Yeah. She did an excellent job. And she did an interview with Shaquana just to help her understand the importance of interviewing for a design job, the type of questions mm-hmm. she will get. And so after she finished, she gave her some great pointers. She gave the other students who were there some great pointers. So that was an awesome thing, you know, teaching about about screen printing, the business side of it, and the mm-hmm. artistic side of it. You know, it was a awesome thing, man. It was an awesome thing. So art is really my confirmation to let me know, okay, you need to stay here and make a difference in this area because not many people are stepping up to the plate. Not that I know of are stepping yeah. up to the plate in this area and really trying to take on these kids and say, look, you can make a career out of art. Don't let people tell you you can't. You can't. And you can make money. <laughs> and you can make money. You can exactly. make money. You can make money. We can teach you how to make money. So that art group, man, is 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 awesome. And if anybody's listening to the well, when they listen to this podcast, and we'll get to the contact information at the end, but I do want to kind of plug that just in case somebody wants to you know, maybe talk to the kids or maybe sponsor, you know, maybe yeah, help. Absolutely. So that's what the art group is all about. You talked about the comfort slash trap of being in a small town, which I know just all too well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're familiar with that saying, ignorance is bliss. Yep, I am. You know, the, the thing about being in a small town, that I don't know if a lot of people really realize is that you're insulated from, I don't want to say a lot of the world's problems, but it can feel that way. Yeah. It can feel like because you're in this small community, this this, you know, enclave of, of people that, you know, you're insulated from a lot of big stuff that you hear about on TV that you're like, well, that'll never happen. Here. Right. Right. That won't happen here. And it can be a comfort slash trap because you don't want to move outside of that. Mm-hmm. You don't know what the world is like outside of that. Like, I think it certainly takes it takes something for people that want to go out and kind of see what's different. But it also takes something for people that stay because there's pros and cons for each of those decisions, mm-hmm. you know, right. do you feel like staying in Greenville? And I know, you know, based on what you said with your purpose, this is maybe not the case, but do you feel like staying there in that area might be limiting any opportunities that you have or could get? Yeah, I do. I can't tell you it, it, it wouldn't because let me put it this way. It will probably limit me regarding opportunities but then when you look at the internet, when you look at social media, when you look at all the different ways you can connect with people, yeah, I don't think I will miss a whole lot. Like take the mm-hmm. Slack group we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. All of those different individuals are from different parts of the country. And they're all in that room. And so if I feel like I need an opportunity to do design work or maybe find out about something, I can just ask a question. You know, and yeah. someone will respond. If you ask me that question, maybe like ten years ago, eleven years ago, twelve years ago, I would definitely, definitely say yeah. 
Uh-huh. But with the way technology is now and the way you can can connect with people, I don't think I will miss a whole lot of opportunity. And then, too, Maurice, where I am right now in life, that's not really just a major concern of mine mm-hmm. because I feel like I am in my purpose. And so the opportunities that come will be, you know, in line with my purpose and what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. If it's meant to be, right. it'll be. Exactly. So regarding like just getting out and seeing the world. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You may miss some opportunities. But then when you get to a point in life where, OK, I feel like this is my purpose. I feel like this is where I'm going to make a difference. You don't really concern yourself with, oh, my God, I'm going to miss the opportunity if I don't do X, Y, Z. You know, because if it like you said, if it's meant to be, it's going to happen, but it's going to happen in your purpose. And yeah. I think that's where a lot of people miss it. So it's a great thing to be young and know exactly what you want to do, because you're going to do the things that give you the opportunities to grow yourself in that purpose. Right. Yeah. So that's a that's a beautiful thing, man. So right now, asking me that question, I'll say, yeah, but put an asterisk by it because I don't I don't really <laughs> think about it. You know, I don't think about that because I yeah. enjoy what I do. With the art group, I enjoy what I do in this area regarding producing some really good design work. I'm enjoying what I'm doing at Valley State, you know, helping them uh, get a great web presence. Because when you see the website, it looks it looks really good, man. It really does. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to, you know, toot Valley's <laughs> horn, but it does look really good. And I know for a fact and in agreement with you that I've looked at some HBCU websites and I'm like, wow, it's surprising because the size of the university, you would think the website would be like off the chain, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it, you would think right, that. Yeah. But it's amazing how at times I think administration or whatever the case may be, they don't take the web presence real seriously. They just think it's a website you put information on and that's it. Mm-hmm. They don't think about how it looks. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, I'm thankful that, you know, being in this this position with Valley and coming on kind of at the end of the process, but still being able to help tweak some things with the website. It looks really nice. It really does. I think you'll be impressed with it once you see it. So I'll make sure once we launch it to send the URL to you so you can check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me kind of what is special about the area that you're in. The reason that I'm asking this because I've interviewed a few designers that are kind of in and around that Mississippi Delta area. Interviewed you, of course, a few years back. Mm -hmm. Uh, D'Artagnan Winford a few years back, who you also mentioned. Nikki Norwood, who is a designer and a photographer in Jackson, Mississippi. What is it about that area that is so fertile for creativity? The people. I'd have to say the people. Believe it or not, there are a lot of talented people in this area. Writers, um, artists, musicians, and families. That's a big thing, believe it or not. You know, some people don't move because of the family and the structure Mm -hmm. and the relatives. This area is special because it's where I grew up, of course. It's special because I get to make an impact here. I can move to Houston or Dallas or places like that, or I could have, rather, and made a difference there. But to make a difference here, and for people to come up to you and say, man, you did some great design work for my company. You did some great design work for the hospital. or You did some great design work for my organization. And it made a difference in this area. 
and it helped them to really promote their brand in this area. That's a special thing to me because it's easy to move away to a large city and make a difference when you have access to everything you need. Mm-hmm. It's a challenge to do the same thing in an area like this when you don't have access to everything you need. You know, it's not easy for me. Like I was saying earlier, it's not easy for me to go to a conference because of the area I live in, you know, I have to really plan it out. It's not easy to have access to some of the things designers have access to in larger areas. And that's just a fact. But this area is special to me because of those reasons. You know, I like to make an impact, you know, making the impact and helping the kids in this area. You can be an artist. You can be a graphic designer. You can be a web designer. This is what you do. A, B, C, D. And when they find out that's all you have to do and the eyes light up, man, that means all the world to me. So that's what. You can see that direct impact. Right. You can see the direct impact. You know, and it's hard being young, 17, 13, 14, 15, 16, growing up in this area because you don't have access to a lot of things that kids in larger areas have access to. Now, you have your bad areas in larger cities, too. Now, I'm not, you know, saying that to say, well, kids in larger cities have access to everything. No, that's not true. (laughs) But what I'm saying is in this area, you can actually you can really see, you know, some of the disadvantages I could put it that way. So that's the special thing about this area to me is making a difference in the design community, you know, telling you about me trying to start something with the ruraldesigner.com, connecting Mm -hmm. with other rural designers here and just developing and starting a design community in this small area. So I hope that answers your question. But those are the things that, you know, that, that makes this area special to me. No, I totally did answer it. I'm just thinking about like, when you're talking about when you're like 13 and 14 years old right. and you there's nothing to do, like <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back. You can relate, right? I, I can totally relate because Selma, Selma's a small town. We don't really have a mall. We have like a plaza strip. Mm-hmm. We don't have a movie theater. I didn't see a movie. The first movie I saw in theaters was when I was 17. Wow. That was the first time I saw. And wow. when you think about now, like how much stuff is geared towards you know kids and things like right. that the first movie i saw the movie theater i was 17 years old it was players wow what? <laughs> <laughs> Play, are you serious man players i'm dead serious i'm dead like you know 13 14 and it was for me it was right around that time i started getting into music i had i had joined the band in middle school because uh-huh. really there was there was nothing to do like the summers come around there's no arcade there's no no mall there's no programs or things for kids you're mm-hmm. basically just like right roaming the streets right or, hey, or you're at like i'm at my grandma's house or something like there's nothing right. to do you know what maurice the the bad thing is you remember when we had the recession uh-huh it hit this area really hard so yeah. imagine, imagine being young and the stores and the stores in the mall, because we have a mall here, mm-hmm. but imagine the arcade leaving and things like that leaving and, you know, not yeah. having the money to bring the programs for kids to do things. Yeah. You know, so I agree 100 percent, man. It's just it's a different beast 
when you live it in is. a small area, man. It's kind of hard to explain to people sometimes, but it, it's, it, it is. It's you, a you different have to, beast. Have... You got to live here and really, you know, see it. <laughs> yeah, you have to make do with with what's available. Like you have to really be creative right. with with what you have. Like I can remember, we did we did have an arcade in our little mall. I remember. I think I was maybe about nine or ten. We had an arcade. It was called Take Ten. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when I tell you that place was always packed because it was the only thing in town <laughs> that kids could do. Right. <laughs> I mean, they, we had all I mean, you had all I remember they had the the original Street Fighter cabinet with those big buttons right. that you had to punch. Right. <laughs> we had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with the four player and the X-Men with the six player. Like we had, you know, that was the only thing to do, though. Like after that, what would you do? Maybe go to Burger King or like, right. you know, McDonald's. Even when I, <laughs> yeah, McDonald's. Even when I was in high school, the only thing that we really did after high school was just sit outside in a parking lot outside of Winn Dixie or Walmart with the with the radio playing from Montgomery, <laughs> and that's it. Because the only other things that you could do that was like fun, you had to go fifty miles to Montgomery right. if you really want to see a movie, right. or you would go ninety miles north to Birmingham right. so you could really have for like those like those were the big cities. Right. Because in Selma, like when the sun goes down, that's it. That's it. So you feel my pain, man. Imagine being absolutely. Imagine being two hours away from the metropolitan city and more more south, Jackson, two and a half hours away from Memphis, mm-hmm. and you want to have some fun. Yeah. I mean, you have to really plan it out. Even if you're a teenager, man, I want to go to the mall and really do some shopping. You have to really plan out going. You have to write a proposal. Hey. I have to like write a proposal. <laughs> right. Like this is this is what I want. These are because otherwise we're going to Goodwill or we're going to J C Penney. Like right. like you want to go where? You want to go to the mall to the Montgomery Mall? Right. That's fifty miles away. That's that's a lot of gas you, to be burning. Right. Up hey, that's how your parents were. <laughs> Look, my parents like Greenville is like thirty minutes from Cleveland, right? That's where my parents uh-huh. live. Okay. And I said, Mom, won't you come visit me? You know, I I don't feel like you know driving. I'm like, mom, you like you driving to Chicago? <laughs> it's thirty minutes. Well, I don't feel like getting out the bed. I I just don't feel like getting up and and coming. It. So to your point, when you tell them that you want to go somewhere when you're young, it's like an act of Congress. Drive mm-hmm. to Memphis, drive to Jackson, so you can go to the mall. That's two hours yep. away. You know, yep. that's gas. That's you know, gas. And, and back then gas and was time. cheaper, right? And time. Exactly. Yeah. So. That's what's so special about being here. Just, you know, trying to make a difference in these young kids' lives, specifically artists, and let them know, hey, you can you can be successful and you can make money being an artist, you know? So I'm, I'm glad you can relate to me, brother, because you're from the country like me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, totally, I totally relate. Like, we had one bookstore in town. It was called Bookland. And, and I'm sort of tying this back into some more, like, design-type questions mm-hmm. and stuff. But when you think about now, designers have – we have more access to tools and research and knowledge than at any given point in time in the design industry. Yeah. Thanks largely to technology and the internet. Yep. I remember when I was kind of just really starting to get excited about the web. We had a library. There's only one library. We had the public library. They had like a few books on computers but nothing – Nothing major. You know, nothing major. We had a bookstore but the bookstore mainly had – Bibles and <laughs> and Christian books right. and romance novels. Right. So like the nearest bookstore, if I needed to get a computer book, we had to go to the mall of Montgomery and go to like Books a Million or something mm-hmm. in order to, to to get something. So a lot of stuff that I learned about the web was really self taught. Right. Um, 
luckily my mom worked for a college so I could use the library there. I could use the computers that they had there. But, you know, just being able to have access to all those resources now, I think, is so much of a benefit when you're in a rural area because nothing is really stopping you from getting, well, I mean, aside from access to the internet, but once you have that access, there's so much that is open to you that you can can learn about, mm-hmm. that you can be a part of mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's really, I think, a great time to be a designer because of that, right. like, regardless of your location. It is, it is. And that's to my point of, you know, with access to the internet, um, social media, you can do anything you want to do. You can do anything you want to do, man. Now, speaking about, you know, education and things like that. You went to an HBCU. You went to Jackson State. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your time there. When I was at Jackson State, I actually got a degree in marketing. And it was a great experience. Of course, when you go to college, you meet a lot of new people. You have your fun, of course. But the experience was great, man. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I know there's a debate about the HBCU education versus the PWI education, but that's a whole mm-hmm. nother you know, beast <laughs> in itself. <laughs> that could be a whole right. nother podcast, a whole nother video, a whole nother media outlet, or whatever you want to call it. But I don't regret it at all, man. I enjoy my time at Jackson State. It's so funny. I went to Jackson State and I'm working at MVSU, but it's all HBCU love, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's all Absolutely. HBCU love. Uh, but my experience was great. The classes were great. I think access to, well, being a marketing major, access to uh, more agencies, I think, was the biggest deal for me. Access to companies that specifically targeted marketing majors at the time Mm -hmm. was an issue. It seems like everybody who came in was either for finance. Every company that came in was for somebody in accounting or somebody in finance. If it was marketing, it was usually marketing research or maybe personal selling. And so I think from that standpoint, hopefully there are a lot more agencies who come to visit and give the interviews for, you know, internships. And actually I have a a young man who just graduated and he's going into integrated marketing and he had to do Mm -hmm. a project, a branding project, actually. I I forgot the name of his business. But anyway, he talked to me about helping him design a logo for his brand. So the project was to develop a logo, develop a business plan, and to actually, you know, put your logo on a product, maybe a jeans tab or a snapback cap or T-shirt to just really promote your business. And so he's Mm -hmm. going to Jackson State for integrated marketing. And I really didn't ask him about what type of um, classes he would have to take. But I'm hoping at this point, you know, he can really get in with some agencies because I think that's the route he wants to take. And so having his connection with me really helps him because I can say, okay, this is what you need to do to get an internship with the agency because he likes branding. He likes marketing. I don't know if he wants to go into fully into the design side of it, but I know he likes marketing. Okay. Yeah, he likes marketing. So him being connected with me really helps him. And so then I I go back to my point of, you know, being here and being able to help kids like him who come to me and say, hey, Mr. Hall, man, I want to go into marketing. What do I need to do? 
You know, I like the agency part of it. What do I need to do? You know, what steps do I need to take? And being here and helping him along the way is really advantageous to him, you know? So when I was there, there was the only issue I would say I had, but my experience at HBCU was great. But then, of course, you can talk about the money and all that stuff with HBCUs and how sometimes we lack with the funding, you know, to Mm -hmm. maybe bring companies in or whatever the case may be. But hopefully now when he goes and majors in marketing, it's different for him. You know, he can reach out to those advertising agencies. You know, and as you know, it's already hard getting in there. (laughs) It's It's already difficult trying to get in there. So if he can start early, just really kind of chiseling his way through. I think he'll be okay, and hopefully, the marketing department now offers you know more agency connections, or in-house marketing positions for him to intern. Mm-hmm. So overall, my experience was was awesome at Jackson State. Awesome. Now, in the interview that we did, you know, about three years ago, you mentioned that later on after Jackson State, you went to Delta State University mm-hmm. and you got your degree. And graphic design. Yes. In that interview, you mentioned that you wondered if it was even worth getting the, the second degree. Why was that? Because at the time, I knew the challenges of trying to get a job in the design industry. The same things we talk about now mm-hmm. are the same questions I had back then. Okay, if I get a degree in graphic design, will I find a job, Lord? <laughs> you know, <laughs> will I find a job? And, you know, I was blessed to find a job. It was at a tech company, but it was doing branding and website design. Mm -hmm. So I found a job in this area, which is so ironic because everybody was saying, you're going to have to move, man. You got to move. You got to move. You got to move. (laughs) And I ended up finding a job here in this area. But for that sole reason is why I said that. Is it really worth it? getting a degree in graphic design, knowing the challenges I'm going to have as a black person. And you hate to throw the race card in there, man, but Maurice, you know, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. (laughs) It is what it is. I knew, you know, the agencies in this area, you know, they, you know, 100% white, you know, and they have a certain culture, but it is what it is. And I knew it would be hard to try to get in, whether it be an internship, whether it be a, junior designer position, I knew it would be hard, but I was just blessed enough. As soon as I graduated from Delta State with that degree in graphic design, I got on that Tech Info, a small company in Leland, Mississippi, which is about maybe maybe eight minutes away from here, away from Greenville. And I worked there, and then you know I transitioned on to Shamoon Advertising, which was another small agency here in Greenville. The only... Mm -hmm. Disadvantage, for lack of a better term, I would say, is that they were all small businesses. You know, mm-hmm. they weren't real, like really big businesses. And so I didn't get that big business experience. Like you have some designers who work for big companies mm-hmm. in their in house design department or they work for big agencies. That was the only difference with my experience. But that's why, that's why I made that statement uh, three years ago whether it was worth getting a degree in design is because I didn't know how hard it would be to find a job. But I knew I had the skill because I had the second highest average. Uh, We did a senior portfolio review of our design work and I had the second highest average, which is like a 3.8, I think. 
So I knew I had the design skills. It was just that elephant in the room, you know, because I'm black. Will they hire me? <laughs> you yeah. know, and I was just being real with myself. But I, you know, matriculated and pressed on. And here I am, man. Well, yeah, I mean, it's about also making sure that you've got that opportunity. You know, right. a lot of, you know, for what it's worth, I mean, we're still in the South. Right. And so that does impact, aside from what you're saying with, with the, the racial makeup of the agencies. Right. There's also, you know, we talk about diversity and design and hidden biases and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, we in the South, we know what it's like. Yeah. There are, there are no, <laughs> there's no glossing over. Right. I mean, unfortunately, you know, for what it's worth, there's no glossing over that aspect of, of discrimination that is available, right. well, available, but it's present right. in so many areas of life. Right. You know, that's just right. That's just a part of it. And, and the, f- we, the, the funny thing is, Maurice, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, uh, go ahead. The funny thing is, is when you look at sometimes you look at individuals who live in larger cities, especially with Mississippi. You know, we have mm-hmm. this stigma and this perception and the minds of the nation that we're slow and we're last in everything. We don't know anything, yeah. which is so far from the truth, of course. Alabama has it too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. We're like we're like training. We're like neck and neck, place. huh? We're neck and right. neck. <laughs> and so people have this perception, man, but the perception was built over time. Yeah. Every movie about Mississippi is about what? Black slavery, slavery or blacks and whites. Every movie. And I had an opportunity to be in The Help. And that movie was about black maids. Yeah. You know, and they're white, white owners, you know, white employees, rather. And every movie from Mississippi Burning all the way up to now, Mississippi Masala, all the way up to now has formed, you know, formed the perception of the rest of the nation, you know, to think that we're slow. You know, some of the political things that go on just really are crazy, too. But that's another yeah. subject. So it's hard, man. It's hard sometimes to break that stigma. You know, it's hard to break that stigma. But all in all, you know, I've been extremely successful where I am. You know, I've been extremely successful. I can't complain at all. Who have been some of the people that have kind of mentored and helped you out along the way? Because it sounds like what you're doing now is really inspirational to the community that you're in, but who are the people that helped you out? Well, I have to say, of course, my parents, you know, your parents are always realists with you. You know, my nickname is Sean. Sean. Hey, son, (laughs) you know, don't do that. (laughs) Right. Don't do this. You know, your parents are always straight up with you. So obviously they are one of my spiritual mentors, uh, Ricky Garvin. And I think I mentioned him, in my first interview, he's one of my yeah he's one of my mentors regarding my spirituality and making sure my head is straight, you know, making sure I'm on the right path, you know, because we're all just a thin line from jail, right, or doing something crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes the perfect storm. When I was at Jackson State, Doctor Smith, he was a funny guy, but he taught marketing. Uh, what what I think he taught taught I can't remember what class he taught, but he was pretty cool. I have to mention my pastor now is an inspiration to me. Okay. The way he, you know, teaches the word and the way he really keeps me spiritually grounded. That That's a big thing for me. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, I'm here in addition to, you know, knowing what my purpose is. My brothers, of course, when I talk to them, they're just like, you know how your brothers are. They're straight up with you too. And, and some really good friends, 
really, really good friends. I can go on and on, man. <laughs> I can go on and on. Sometimes you get a little, you know, you get a little emotional because you think about where you were and the questions yeah. you had and you didn't know if you were making the right decision and those people came along, man, and they made sure that you were okay. Yeah. You know. If you weren't doing what you're doing right now, what do you think you would be working I on? I would be a barber, man. Really? Yes. Okay. I would be a barber. I probably would have my own barber shop. So I would be like Ice Cube. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like Ice Cube, man. I'd probably have my own barber shop. You know, barber shop talk with the guys because I do know how to cut hair. I just haven't really taken advantage of getting certified in it. But yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, I, I would be a barber for sure, no doubt. Have my own little small shop and just be chillaxing, man. You could probably do both, you know, know. design cuts or something like that. Yeah, I know. The time, Maurice, <laughs> just having the time. <laughs> <laughs> are there any kind of personal projects that you're working on? I know you're doing a lot of work with Mississippi Valley State, but are you doing anything in your in your personal time? Not much right now, but I'm working on that trying to get my LinkedIn profile up to par, up to snuff, um, and some other personal things that I'm working on. Uh, the art deal is probably the biggest personal project for me right now. Yeah. That's probably the biggest one. If I had to pick one, that's probably the biggest one right now. What's the best advice that you've been given? It can be about work. It can be about life. Anything like that. Don't worry about things you can't control. Mm. Just press forward. I, that piece of advice really stuck with me because it pretty much covers life, you know, because you can't worry about stuff you can't control from if you get a job if somebody gives you a job, if a relationship works, you know, if this works out, if that works out, you really can't worry about it, man. You just got to press. You got to grind, mm-hmm. as they say. You got to grind. Where do you see yourself in like the next five or 10 years? What do you think you'll be doing? Maurice, I want to have my own small design firm. Nothing big. I don't, ha- okay. I don't have to be making a million dollars a year. I don't even have to be making $500,000 a year. I know people say, well, you got to keep progressing. You got to do this, man. But I just want my own small design firm making some really good money and continuing to help young kids become artists and letting them know that you can be an artist and you can make money. The The, the worst thing that I ever heard was starving artist. I don't agree with that. <laughs> I don't. I don't agree with that. <laughs> I do not agree with that. And I used to believe that at one time, artists can make money. No, what? Huh? What? What? No. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not true at all. And I understand it's hard, but as you talk about, as we talk about, you got to grind and you got to make a way, man. You know, you got to pray. You know, my belief yeah. is that you pray and you move, you know, mm-hmm. and you make the right decisions and you make the right financial decisions and you do things to set you up to be successful. Is there anything like if when you look back at your, your career and stuff, is there anything that you regret not doing Due to fear. I regret not starting off in art because I was fearful that I wouldn't make any money in art. 
And so I believe with everything in me that if I would have started off in art, I probably would be at a different level at this point in my life. Like if you just had the time to pursue it earlier? Yes. Because the crazy thing is, man, when I was I was dating at the time, I was dating my high school sweetheart. And it was this teen magazine that she gave me. And they had this art, this this simple illustration. It wasn't really simple, but it was this simple illu- a simple illustration of a Madonna face, right? Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know what? I'm gonna sketch this out just to see what happens. And so I sketched it out, right? And I mailed it in. It was a pretty pretty good sketch, and I mm-hmm. mailed it in just to see what would happen. And so maybe about a month later, I got a call from this guy. I can't remember his name. He called me and he said, is this the one? I said, yes. He said, the one, this is, you know, such and such. I got your sketch in the mail. And he said, man, you and this other guy scored the highest out of everybody in the area. And I was shocked, right? Mm -hmm. And so he said, look, man, we can offer you a scholarship. We can pay for your school, our supplies, you know, things of that nature. And I was listening to him, and I wasn't listening. I think I was 17 at the time, about to graduate. And I didn't take him seriously, man. I didn't take him seriously. Huh. He said, well, look, one, you know, I can, um, we, we can do this for you. I said, well, can I go to any school I want to? He said, I think it was just limited to the local schools like Delta State and Valley. But I think it was other schools included, too. I can't remember. But to make a long story short, I didn't listen to him, man. And so out of fear, you know, and thinking, well, I can't make any money as an artist, which goes back to what we talked about earlier, you know, being a starving artist and teaching kids that you can make money in art. And so I didn't pursue that. And so I went to Jackson State and I did well. I did good. You know, I enjoyed marketing, but I didn't have a job when I graduated. So that is what compelled me to go back to school at Delta State and get a degree in graphic design. And as soon as I graduated, man, I found a job. <laughs> hmm. That's the crazy thing. So, Do you remember what the what the magazine was? I can remember what it was. It was a teen magazine, man. I can't remember the name of it, but it was for hmm. girls at the time. It was a real popular okay. magazine at the time, and I can't remember the name of it. But... As soon as I graduated from Delta State, man, I got a job in design. I know. Ain't that crazy? And so I look back and say, man, if I could have done that differently, I would have. I would have done that differently. Well, what advice would you give to any kind of up-and-coming designers that are out there that are listening to this podcast? Do not give up on your dreams because of fear. Don't do it. No matter what people say, they tell you you can't make money being a graphic designer or web designer. That's not true. Go with your heart. I would say pray first because of my belief. I would say pray about your situation. And if you know you have the talent to be an artist, You know you have talent to be a great graphic designer, awesome web designer. Pursue it. Get in a situation where you are connected with people 
who do those things for a living and they can help you along the road of trying to make that a career for yourself. Don't ever give up on your dreams because of fear. Dewan, just to wrap this interview up, I mean, this has been a really great interview. Where can our audience find out more about you and about your work online? You can find out about me at my website, that, T-H-A-T, dash, creativeguy.com. You can see my work there. And I also want to plug our art group, which is art.f-a-n-d-b-johnson-foundation.org. It's an awesome organization, and we really need some sponsorships, really need some money. Um, I know our groups come a dime a dozen, but in this area, we really need help in the art community regarding our young people because we have a lot of young people who are really talented, who need some direction. And this group will really help them be, help them on the way to becoming a great artist. Um, we do all types of things, fine art, we do graphic art, um, we do field trips just to expose them. So if you don't mind, just check out the website. It's art.fandbjohnson-foundation.org. And then to find out more about my work, just go to that-creativeguy.com. All right, man. Sounds good. Well, Dewan, I'm so glad that I had a chance to catch up with you again for this interview. You know, we have a lot in common, both being designers that are, are from the, the deep South, deep South that, that live in the South. <laughs> and so we like, I feel like we both kind of bring a lot to the table when it comes to, I think, oh, what's the best way to put it? I want to say just being able to make the best out of what you have, right, like right. dealing with the cards that you have, you know, a lot of designers that I've had on the show, and this is not a, a, um, a slight against them or anything like that. You know, everyone starts off at different levels. Mm-hmm. And I've had other rural designers on the show and stuff before, but there's something about being able to really come from, you know, not necessarily the best situation in terms of having the, the tools and the resources and the things that you need right. and still being able to, to make something out of that, like to, to grow out of that situation, to build something and to leave a legacy right. for people to kind of follow uh, what you do. So, man, thank you so much. You're I welcome. appreciate you. You are welcome, man. Thoughts of love are in And that's it for this week. Big thanks to Dewan Hall and thanks to you for listening. You can find out more about Dewan and his work through the links in the show notes at revisionpath.com. Thanks, of course, as always, to our sponsors, Facebook Design, MailChimp, and Hover. Facebook invests in design. They care deeply about how their design team might do their best work, and that manifests itself in a number of different ways, such as building tools like origami, sharing what they've learned on Medium, and by giving back to the design community. Learn more about Facebook design at facebook.com forward slash design. More than 10 million businesses around the world use MailChimp to send email newsletters. Their attitude may be playful, but their business is serious. Sign up for a free account today, MailChimp. Send better email. Hover takes all the hassle and confusion out of buying and managing your domains. Search for a few keywords and Hover will show you the best available options across all the 400 plus domain extensions out there. Ready to get started? 
Save 10% off your first purchase by using the promo code REVISIONPATH at checkout. This episode was edited by RJ Basilio and produced by me, Maurice Cherry. Our intro is by Music Man Dre with intro and outro audio by Yellow Speaker. If you like this episode, please do me a huge favor. Leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. It only takes a minute or two, and it really, really helps the show. It bumps us up in the iTunes rankings for design podcasts, and I'll even read your review right here on the show. Revision Path is brought to you by Lunch, a multidisciplinary creative studio in Atlanta, Georgia. If you like the work we're doing with the podcast and with the website, then visit us over at Patreon and become a patron. Just go to patreon.com forward slash revision path and pledge your support. Pledge levels are super affordable. They start at just $1 a month and you'll get access to behind the scenes information about the show, upcoming interviews, and so much more. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.